lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. If you would like to join us today, we will open up the phone lines next hour of the show. It is the Monday Town Hall at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. And the question we are going to ask you next hour, what are you the most afraid of right now when it comes to coronavirus? As we go a full month into COVID-19, SARS-2, coronavirus nation, what are you the most afraid of right now? Is it the the virus itself and what it can do to your health? Is it what you see us doing to our own economy? Is it the uh, increasing tyranny? We're going to find out where you're at here next hour of the show at 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. That's steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample or share, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Um, a lot of us now are, are homeschooling. Now, we've been doing it in our home uh, for years, really from the beginning with our kids, but a lot of us are doing it for the first time. And maybe there's a few of you that are figuring out, you know what, maybe we could pull this off for good, maybe, you know, not getting up, having to get up, you know, at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and get everybody on the bus and showered and ready to school and the hassle with that. Maybe we could get used to that. Well, if you are looking for a long-term option with homeschooling your children, uh, you're going to want to check out Freedom Project Academy. Uh, it's from our good friend, Dr. Duke Pesta. He helped lead the fight against Common Core a few years ago. He's a tenured professor of English at the University of Wisconsin. He's also the director of Freedom Project Academy, helping to lead the fight against the left's takeover of public education. Freedom Project Academy is an accredited classical online school that is built on Judeo-Christian values for students K-12. through It's a complete interactive educational experience where students attend live classes with other students across the country from the comfort and safety of your own home. Our son Noah did this for a few years as well and uh, really excelled at it. So if you want to learn more about how your kids can be trained, how to think, not what to think. So they're not here to indoctrinate your kids. They're here to, to teach them some critical thinking so they can think for themselves. If you want to learn more about this, go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will join us at the bottom of the hour. But first, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were locked down brought to you by tyranny. We are down to about seven churches statewide. We've got a lot of churches in this state. We're down to just about seven that are thinking about having an in-person service. That's Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir. So we're having to take a, a new action that I hoped uh, that we wouldn't. It's that any individual that's going to participate in a mass gathering of, of any type that we know about this weekend, um, we are going to uh, record license plates and provide it to local health departments 
Local health departments are going to come to your door uh, with an order for you to be quarantined for 14 days. Maryville Baptist Church in Kentucky decided to meet for Easter services despite the governor's threats. As church leaders showed up on yesterday morning, piles of nails were seen scattered at every entrance to the church and throughout the parking lot to the church. And true to his words, Governor Bashir did indeed dispatch the Kentucky State Police to record the license plates of every car in attendance. In Greenville, Mississippi, police showed up to a Baptist church on Friday that was holding a drive-in service to break it up. Hey, I respect, I, I, I love authority. Well, you get a, a, a order from the governor. Yeah. That's a police officer saying the pastor's rights are, quote, being suspended. Church members there received $500 tickets for participating in the drive-in service where they stayed in their cars. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia... That's a group of police officers violently pulling a man off of the bus for not wearing a face mask. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has banned all travel between private residences and has banned the sale of gardening supplies, including seeds for growing food. In Little Rock, Arkansas, a 12-year-old girl was shooting hoops by herself at a local public basketball court when city workers came to remove the hoop in order to stop mass gatherings. President Fauci says one of the ideas to get America back to normal is the issuing of so-called immunity cards. You know, um, that's possible. I mean, it's one of those things that we talk about uh, when we want to make sure that we know who the vulnerable people are and not. Uh, This is something that's being discussed. I think it might actually be have some merit. President Fauci also has some thoughts about the models he used to base the shutdowns upon. I have been and still am and will always be somewhat reserved and skeptical about models because models are only as good as the assumptions that you put into the model. I have no problem with people who are critical of of uh, modeling because modeling is inherently an imperfect science. Numerous videos surfaced over the weekend from across the country showing long lines at food banks, including this video from San Antonio, which shows a line as far as the eye can see. President Trump tweeted yesterday, among many other things, quote, Governors, get your state's testing programs and apparatus perfected. Be ready. Big things are happening. No excuses. The federal government is there to help. We are testing more than any country in the world. Also, gear up with face masks. And now this. Tara Reid is a freelance writer in California and an ex-staffer of Joe Biden. Last year, she, along with seven other women, came forward and accused Biden of sexual misconduct. Appearing on a podcast in March, Ms. Reed went into detail about her allegations, accusing Biden of inappropriate touching and sexual assault when she worked for the then-senator in his office in 1993. This weekend, Tara Reed filed a criminal complaint against Biden with the Washington, D.C. Metro Police Department. The New York Times, in turn, wrote a piece <clears throat> investigating the allegations. One part of the original Times story said, quote, no other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of Miss Reed's allegation. The Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden beyond the hugs, kisses and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. The Times then edited without note that last part of the paragraph to say, quote, the Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden. Learn Chinese today, today's phrase is, you spin me right round baby, right round like a record baby. And that's what happened while we were away.
Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at RidUZone. Let's face it, little Debbie's getting, uh, becoming chunky, uh, Debbie, right now. With the amount of inside time and docile sedentary time that we're all doing right this moment, you want to get those portion sizes, those cravings, all of that grazing under control. You want to check out our friends over at Riduzone. It's the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster so that you can burn stored fat while also reducing your calorie intake. So Riduzone makes it easier to resist those cravings and grazings that are probably uh, an epi- another epidemic uh, sweeping the plane uh, of America right now. So if you want to give it a shot, now is the perfect time. They've made it as cheap and easy as absolutely possible. All right, 65% off. You'll get up to 65% off right now if you go to riduzone.com. The website's the only place where you can get riduzone. R I D U Z O N E, R I D U Z O N E. Go to riduzone.com, get up to 65% off if you use my name, Steve, as your promo code there. Promo code Steve at riduzone.com, up to 65% off, and they'll even throw in free shipping as well. All right, promo code Steve at riduzone.com. We're going to discuss. The, the story with, uh, with Tara Reid and the New York Times, um, unintentional self-owns are always the best. We have no evidence of any past sexual misconduct from Mr. Biden, except for all of the other times that he has uh, creeped chicks out and invaded their space. Except for all of the other times, we have no other evidence. Okay, we're... we're <laughs> We are going to discuss this story, you'll recall, just trying to maintain as much consistency as we can in an inconsistent time. What did I say when Christine Blasey Ford first brought her, or is it Christy? I can't ever remember. Christine. Christine, thank you. When she first brought her allegations forth, I said, hey, um, let's have a hearing and hear them out. And we did. And we found out that um, she made for an emotionally compelling witness, but on a material basis, she couldn't verify anything she could not verify that she ever met him brett kavanaugh knew him um had uh, uh, she never told anybody about this including on the ride home when she said it happened uh so and then we urged hey it, 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 because then it just got nuts right you had julie swetnick and now you know brett kavanaugh is uh, uh he is the helmsman of a roving marauding band of gang rapists that apparently terrorized the quiet hamlet of Georgetown where, you know, you keep all kinds of secrets there, right? In a place like that. Uh, and especially for the course of 35 years. And at that point, we just said, hey, if, if you think that there's a credible allegation here or you believe you have been assaulted, get off of Twitter. Stop calling the Washington Post and New York Times. And what do we tell people to do? Call the police. Christine Blasey Ford never did that. Tara Reid has. So we will discuss that today in the overtime at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash dace. Use the promo code Steve right now and you'll get $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Just about $5 and change a month. I've got to believe we're worth at least that. blazetv.com promo code Steve. blazetv.com slash dace promo code Steve. Let's get to the rest of Aaron's rundown. You know, we told you last week that we thought... This was going to be a revealing month. We told you last week that we thought this could very well be one of the more revealing months in recent American history. And boy, howdy, did we get some revelations over the weekend, folks. 
here are some big picture things that I think we need to make a note of. Number one, you're seeing whether it's the governor of Mississippi, the governor of Kentucky. And yes, I understand these are Democratic governors, but they also got elected in deep red states in the heart of the Bible Belt. And you're seeing that in the end, the issue that these statists have with the church is not the spread of a disease. It's the spread of the gospel, which they view as the disease. Statists have always opposed the gospel. One of the first things statists always do is get rid of the Bibles. Why? Because they teach things like God is not a respecter of persons. That everyone, regardless of their socioeconomic standing, their position of prominence, will all stand naked and alone to give an account for their lives before the most powerful being in all of the cosmos. That there is no escaping that day. That yes, as we just commemorated on Easter, Christ has conquered the grave, but he didn't erase it. We're still filling graves every day, coronavirus or not. People still physically die. It's what happens to them in eternity after that, that Christ has dealt with. But if you have chosen to reject him, if you have chosen to disregard him or think that uh, you've got this on your own or you have another way or a better way, The good news is for you is your theory is about to be tested. That's the real enemy here. The real enemy is not the disease. The real enemy is the gospel. Because the gospel has always been the enemy of statists. Always. Because in the end, when the government removes the God, the government, as Chesterton noted, becomes the God. The laying down of nails over the entrances of a drive through church. By the way, did you notice the cops that were walking around? Shame on you, by the way, police officers who did that. Shame on every last one of you. You look good there in your brown shirts just following orders. That's another revealing fact to understand. That just because someone works for government doesn't mean that they are absolved from the same fallen nature, the same sinfulness, and the same systemic cultural collapse. Quite the opposite. They, they tend to be the most vulnerable to it. Was that officer wearing a mask, by the way, as he was walking around? Writing mm. down the uh, license plates of cars? Was he wearing a mask and gloves? I, I don't know. I think the mask was the uh, was in the same place as the police report for, you know, the uh, the nails that were left on the oh. ground. Indeed. Maybe the mask was pretending to be your neighbor. Maybe that was the mask. You know, the cops on that uh, Philadelphia subway uh, with the guy who wouldn't wear a mask instead of just giving him the mask. Yeah. Th- they weren't wearing a mask when they wrestled him to the ground exactly. and fought close combat either. Neither was the, if, if you go earlier in that video, the gentleman who demands that this guy be taken off for not wearing a mask, he's not, he's not wearing a mask either. Have you seen that part of the video too? Yeah, he's not, he's not wearing one either. Um, if you want to know what the work of the devil in broad daylight in your culture looks like, 
It's the laying down of nails over every port of entry of a church, of a drive-through service. That's, that's flat out demonic. That is flat out the work of Satan right there. Flat out, flat out. And for those of you over, are they even, it's like right wing watching that stuff even still in business? Yeah, I think so. I'm a little offended that we haven't gotten anything written about us. D-E-A-C-E, and I'm talking about you. All right. So that's another great revelation you've seen. And, And keep in mind, now you know, now you know what the Democratic Party has in store for the Christian church in the future. You know, now you know. That's, that has been revealed to you. That if you, if you have a biblical worldview, the Democratic Party views you as their enemy. And it doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't matter how white or black you are. And it doesn't matter how black you are and how, Demo- how many Democrats you voted for. Who, you know what? Wasn't that a black pastor of that church down in Greenville, yeah. Mississippi? And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that was one of the places that they targeted Chris McDaniel for being a racist in that primary it would be a church just like that a few years ago. Remember that mm-hmm. with all those flyers, you know, you want to make sure you vote for for Thad Cochran, who, um, you know, uh, is, is almost as sprite as Joe Biden. You want to make sure you vote for him because that Chris McDaniel guy, he's a racist. And those are the kinds of churches that the Republican machine was was peppering with those flyers a few years ago. But in the end, in the end. It doesn't matter what your Democrat Party street cred is. It doesn't matter what race you what race card you can play. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic status you have. The minute you line up with Team Bible over Team Statist, you might as well be one of those red hat wearing magazinophobes, Trump cultists. Because the real enemy isn't the virus, really isn't even Donald Trump. The real enemy to status is the gospel. You had that revealed to you, reinforced to you over the weekend. It is fascinating to watch those who have such a bleeding heart for wealth redistribution, actively rooting against a malaria drug that costs the average American right now, far less than a dollar per pill. I have no idea if hydroxychloroquine works or not. Now, apparently we are about to find out. Uh, one of this, we have a state that's about to do a clinical trial that my understanding that's going to be announced here at some time this morning. Here's a question. Why, why haven't we done one of these already? I'll take Questions there aren't any good answers to. Why Why would we not want to know this? Do you have a good answer as to why we would not want to know? After this weekend, I have fewer good answers. There aren't, which, which, well, here's the other thing we learned this weekend. There are no good answers left. There's only bad answers left. How come in the state of Michigan, you can still buy weed, but you cannot buy weed killer? Is there a good answer to that? No. There isn't a good answer. You know why there's no good answers? Because there aren't any good answers. Oh, this weekend, perhaps appropriately timed, given the occasion that we just marked on Resurrection Sunday. Boy, howdy. Were some stones rolled away in this culture. 
did we get some Sunday morning truths revealed in the broad daylight? Oh, we've got to tax the rich from the same people actively hoping a a malaria drug so cheap they sell it in the Philippines for pennies on the dollar. That would cost the average American, even with the demand it currently has, well below a dollar a pill. There's a story out of Las Vegas's uh, Review Journal newspaper this morning I read. I shared it on my Twitter account where they've got a hospital there where they are even, they're even using it on outpatients now because they have seen such promising results of those with inpatient uh, admission. But again, I don't know. Why would we not want to know? Why are those of you so concerned about wealth redistribution? Why? Why? Why would you not want a drug that costs the average American less than a dollar per pill? Why wouldn't you want that to work? I'm not saying it does, but why wouldn't you want it to? Why are we suddenly... Here's the other thing you saw over the weekend. Leftists actually rooting for a body count in Sweden. I'm old enough to remember when we had to become more like Sweden. You know, that was just last month and then the previous 25 years. And now suddenly, the, the rooting for the, the rooting for a massively high body count in Sweden. Rooting for Sweden to fail. We also saw that you can actually be not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but I think it was six doctors, or maybe it was five. Was it five or six doctors that co-signed that piece in Medium that, that using the data we had already flattened the curve? These are physicians silenced, censored by Medium. The same website that let 40 million people around the world read the fantastical meanderings of a guy that when I Googled him, the number one thing that came up was his author page at Amazon.com that says he's a sci-fi writer, screenplay writer, who wrote like a 10,000 word opus last month. You probably saw it. It went everywhere. Went everywhere. 40 million, had over 40 million views. Claiming that if we did not shut down indefinitely, millions of people were going to die. What were his credentials? He writes science fiction. Those were his credentials. That got to be seen by over 40 million people. But if a team of actual physicians look at the data and say, this doesn't add up, it doesn't make any sense, censored, gone. Oh, yes. We are getting answers now. They may not be warm, fuzzy ones, but they are powerful nevertheless. Gentlemen, your thoughts. You know what? I know on this show that the general policy is that Nazi analogies are oftentimes lazy. They're getting less and less lazy, you know? This is how you get to that third right You know, right we're, we are suspending our constitutional freedoms, right? Our rights are suspended. Isn't that what Mr. Uh, Copper Brown shut down there in Greenville, Mississippi said? Perhaps yeah. we should suspend Godwin's law then. I think it's only fair, right? Maybe Godwin's law that eventually every argument uh, boils down to you're a Nazi. Maybe Godwin's law should be suspended since we're suspending all kinds of the yeah. laws of nature and nature's God at the moment. You know, Jesse Kelly, who I believe you've been uh, talked with him recently on his mm-hmm. shows, he said, and he, he's he got a shtick that he does about... Uh, uh, women and their role, but he was, ta- but he he nailed something. Yep. He he talked about how we are largely in the place we are in 
because of suburban housewives who just need everything to be safe at all times. And now listen, I will those housewives are married to men that are men in only the loosest possible way. This is this is that gated community effect that I've long time talked about. They aren't focused on the things pre-coronavirus that they should be in terms of the downfall of civilization, which is why they are so unprepared when this comes, everything gets reversed and they think they are actually defending the union when they are tearing it apart with their neuroses right now and you saw it across the board this weekend the the way they are so casually willing to round the people up in the name of their self-righteousness is a sign of exactly what steve said when the tomb is rolled away because it was rolled away and out came a bunch of zombies yeah and we've said not really in jest, but we've said before that when it comes to the day in America, God forbid, that they start throwing Christians in jail for being Christians or they start throwing people in jail for their own good, it's going to be your neighbors. You know, the ones with the Pete Buttigieg signs that yep. used to be out in your front yard. There was going to be those people that were going to be the, oh, man. Oh, I really sorry this happened to you, bro. I know, I know you Bad raked. Beat. I know you raked my lawn, Steve, and 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 mowed my lawn, and and I and you shoveled my driveway, Todd. And oh man, I just darn, darn. If there was just some other way, but it's for your own good. We are seeing those people out in full force. They're in your neighborhoods. They're some of them are in your churches. They're in the governor's office in Mississippi and Kentucky and Michigan. Those people are legion. They are legion. Yep. And I know these are the neighborhoods where I live. Exactly. I know this. And yeah. these these are the types of people. There is there is, not only not only do they live in fear, they actually use their power out of fear and assent to power out of fear. And 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 want access to power. You saw Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles last week, saying snitches get rewards. They love this. They almost love the power, the newfound power that they have to rat you out for going about your day to day life. They love that power and access to it as, almost as much as they are in fear of whatever this is, the fear of the unknown. And as we have been looking at this and, and talking about this entire episode over the last month and a half, Todd's words about ripe for the picking, how we have made an idol out of fear for years now, a generation maybe, boy, those things are coming home to roost. In Michigan, you can't plant a garden. You can't plant a tomato, uh, a tomato, uh, a tomato plant and enjoy its fruit in three or four months. But man, the fruit of our fear is being harvested in droves right now, and it is a bumper crop, and that's what we're seeing right now. I think we're going to see a rise in civil disobedience. I think that will come next. In fact, these churches that are even meeting with the, 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 as a drive-through, that's an act of, of civil disobedience. And, and it's shameful that there wasn't more of it, actually. Uh, it, it's shameful that there hasn't been more civil disobedience, but it's coming. 
I know that they're trying to put a rally together in the state of Michigan. Uh, I think it's for Wednesday uh, to protest what's going on. Um, it's Governor Noam. This has been announced. I think that's how it's pronounced, right? Yep. So Christy Noam in South Dakota has just announced that her state's going to do the first statewide clinical trial of hydroxychloroquine to fight SARS-2 coronavirus. Now, she's been one of the last states that's been that that's held out on putting a shelter in place in place. Um, they had an outbreak in her state in the last few days. Do you know where? Meatpacking plant. Who works there? Uh, illegal immigrants. Yeah, yeah quite tended, often. Quite often. Yeah, they've had a they've had an outbreak there. Um, so her state's going to be the first that's going to do a four week clinical trial. We're we're heading into week five of these various shutdowns. Why hasn't every state done this? Orange man bad. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there aren't. Well, there, there isn't another good reason. Well, there's one more. What's the other one? The the cult of the vaccine. That's, that's yeah. Meaning that that uh, that I can't imagine any other treatment would work. C- correct. Okay. Correct. Even though they they the same doctors that will tell you to get a flu shot will subscribe their flu to you at the exact same it's, time. It's the irrational. Okay. Yeah. It's the irrational fear. We got to get out here. It's the irrational fear of locking everything down for something we don't know very much about. Saying that this drug that's readily available in mass is not good enough, and we need to wait eighteen months for a vaccine that may or may not ever exist. We'll come back. We'll discuss this some more. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will join the conversation. We will return here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stay tuned. You know, with all the talk about coronavirus, people have stopped talking about the flu, except the flu season isn't even over yet. And one of the best ways to avoid getting sick is with a healthier immune system. And that's why you should consider fortifying your body with Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which help to boost energy, but also support a healthy immune system. And doctors agree that a healthy immune system can avoid your risk for all kinds of things including heart disease. Plus, that's the leading killer in America, by the way. Plus, Field of Greens is prebiotic. Probiotic, a great source of vitamins, fiber, and other nutrients. A lot of the things that are stripped out of our processed foods is what Field of Greens wants to put back into your diet with just one scoop and any glass of a water-based drink, and you're done. And right now, you can save 15% off of your first order with the offer code STEVE at BrickHouseSteve.com. Go to BrickHouse steve.com use the offer code steve to get 15 percent off of your first order and if you decide you want to subscribe and to get the product shipped to you on a regular basis you can save an additional 10 percent every month too an extra 10 percent off plus 15 percent off your first order at brickhousesteve.com using the promo code steve at brickhousesteve.com let's go to our good friend bob vanderplatz from the family leader welcome uh, back to the show bob how are you Doing really well. Happy Easter to you, Todd and Eric. Same to you. So your reaction to what we saw in uh, deep red states like Kentucky and Mississippi over the weekend with uh, churches essentially uh, being ticketed. I don't think, by the way, under under any conditions that anybody in Mississippi ever, ever pay that fine, ever. The governor has said that uh, that they would actually um, give people pardons 
if they chose not to pay those fines. Uh, in Kentucky, you're self-quarantined or, or you're involuntarily quarantined by the Department of Health if you show up at a drive through church service. Um, and it was interesting to watch the cop go around and taking license plates without wearing a mask, by the way. So your, your reaction to those stories and my big picture take on it is that in the end, statists are not concerned about the spread of the virus. They are concerned about the spread of the gospel. And the gospel has always been the primary enemy of statists for the last 2,000 years. Well, first of all, Steve, my take on it is absolutely nuts, absolutely uncalled for and unwarranted. All faith leaders that I know are, are really recommending, you know, use caution, use common sense, use creativity. Uh, don't extinguish worship. Let worship go bigger than ever. And we're seeing that in a lot of different communities where uh, worship attendance on Easter yesterday online blows away other numbers. Uh, commitments to Christ online blows away other numbers. So people are using good common sense, they're using caution, and they're using great discernment. But when you have authorities go to churches and parking lots where they are using creativity, where they are using common sense, and start ticketing people, now you have made this a religious liberty issue. Now you've made this exactly what you just said, Steve. We're more concerned about the threat or the about the spread of the gospel than about the spread of coronavirus. This is a government's overreach. I think it's very interesting. These are two red states, Kentucky and Mississippi. Are you kidding me that they would overreach at a time like this? I think the people should rise up and rise up in mass and say this is a bridge way too far. We will do our part but we're not going to be governed. If you want to do that, I think you've created a whole nother problem out of this coronavirus than, than what you wanted to cause. Announcement that just came down within the hour, South Dakota. This is directed by the governor up there, Christy Noem. Uh, she has directed the first statewide clinical trial of hydroxychloroquine. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, the, the truth on this is becoming almost unattainable because the whole thing's become politicized because apparently, you know, in his $8 billion portfolio, which might be six and a half billion after the last month, you know what I'm saying? But in his, in, in his multi-billion dollar portfolio, he might have invested, you know, uh, 50 bucks in the company that makes this drug or something. So we can't have an honest opinion about it, but we're, we're finally going to get a statewide clinical trial. We're into five weeks of shutdowns around the country because of this virus. Can you explain to me, uh, can you give me a reason other than orange man bad that we would not have, that we have to wait until South Dakota today to get the first statewide clinical trial for a drug that if it works, it costs the average American far less than a dollar per pill. And if it doesn't, wouldn't we like to know once and for all, why are we just now doing this? You know, I have no idea, but thank God you still have a governor like Christy Nome who's willing to do it. And the other part about having the having this drug, from my understanding, if it does not work, it really does no harm to you. You're right. That's the key point that needs to be because this isn't. It's already FDA approved for human consumption with malaria and with other parasitical attacks. So the idea that if you take this and it doesn't treat COVID nineteen, you're going to get shingles or smallpox or die is just. It's already an FDA approved drug. This is. They keep saying it's an experimental drug. It's already an FDA approved drug. It may not work for this ailment, but wouldn't we? It's not as some experimental drug that Trump just. Just grabbed out of his out of his jock strap and threw it out there one day. Yeah, I think somebody mentioned that to Donald Trump before he started using that term. 
uh, in national press conferences where the entire world is watching. So I, I'm glad Christy Nome's doing it. I'm glad there's going to be a, a study on it. And if it proves to be effective, you talk about getting this economy up and run again and getting started again. You, you get a drug like this that proves somewhat effective. I think people are going to be much more willing to engage this economy than if it does not prove effective. So you went since you mentioned this, Bob, tomorrow the president is supposed to announce his task force for reopening the country. You know what? I'm just going to stop right there and get your take on that before I ask a, a more um, a more leading question. But your just your take on that. Well, I think what Trump said early on, he still really believes. I, I, I've never second guessed his belief on this whatsoever. And that is that the 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 cure might be worse than the cause. This guy wants this economy to get up and run again. He wants to open up America for business. The biggest threat to him is a fear, and the fear is the unknown. Is let's say we do it and we do it too soon. Let's say there's mass gatherings. Let's say people are going out again, and all of a sudden there is a, an outbreak, which the doomsday theorists ha- are predicting. Let's say there is an outbreak like that. Then he knows that he is doomed. So I think what he's trying to do is say, guys, I want to get this economy going again. I think even what he did with Fossey uh, as, as late as this morning about retweeting that he may need to be fired. I think what he's saying is that I'm tired of all this. I want to get this, the economy going. I want the experts in and experts on both sides so we can reach some sort of a balance here. Well, then that's a good segue to the question I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah, I think the debate over the virus is largely over. Um, I, if you look at all of the stats now, you know, you're, you're seeing it, it's, there, there is no panacea. Right. You're seeing a, a slight uptick in cases in Washington state, which has been which I think was the first state to lock down. You're seeing other states that inexplicably have similar demographics to a New York City like a California, just not seeing um, the level of, 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 of cases that you're seeing in New York City. Um, where they've also seen a decline in hospitalizations, didn't need 140,000 respirators, have needed maybe about uh, less than 20,000, which is still an extraordinary number. But when you were when you when it was 140,000 a month ago, suddenly 20, needing 20,000 respirators at once doesn't seem to be as cataclysmic given the numbers we were throwing around. Florida, it, you know, everybody keeps every, this is it's it's been three weeks in a row now that this is going to be be the week Florida turns to smoldering ash, and it, because of all the commuters they. Have, had and all the old people and it it hasn't happened yet see when you when you run a lot of these numbers and there's a piece that's up at medium uh, today which will be up another 10 minutes before they censor this one too um but uh, there's a piece up at medium today that runs a lot of these numbers and what it finds is there's it's really just random whether social distancing works or not. Um, the 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 death difference in a Sweden compared to the countries next to it is pretty much negligible. There's no way of ultimately knowing. And I think I think now that this is almost purely a debate about the economy and the and and uh, and, uh, and and the tyrannical aspects of government. And I think it's I think it's a game of chicken. Like I said, when we got to the first juncture of the end of the first 15 days, I think we're back to this place again where it is a game of chicken. 
where you have Democratic governors in places like California and Michigan with future aspirations that are fine screwing America and screwing Trump in 2020 if they think it helps them get street cred for their future aspirations. You've got the left media. You can't dare open this thing back up. Well, of course, they go to work at 30 Rock and and their studios every single day, but the rest of the country can't do that, okay? You can't open this thing back up because they would love for this to stay down long enough so that it can't recover by the election so they can make him Herbert Hoover. And then there is the the, the, the public health calculation that the president has to do. I think we're back to where we were at the end of the first 15 days. I think that's the debate right now. And I think you're right. And, and you know, Steve, me like you, we've not always just patted uh, President Trump on the back. Uh, we've held him to account when he needs to be held to account. We cheer him on. We should be cheered on. But the one thing I believe with every stitch of my DNA, I've known this guy for well over a decade now and having many one-on-one conversations with him, is that I'm sure he knows what the Democrats are up to, how they want to make him pay for this. Uh, Fossey, basically, you know, whatever whatever Trump does, Fossey even, even though Trump won law of all of his recommendations, is still going to try to bite him in yeah, the end. He's the William McClellan here. He's going to try to screw him the way that McClellan tried to screw Lincoln. Yeah, I completely agree and, with and that. So I, and yeah. I think Trump also knows that, you know what, I, I need, I'm a, I'm a business guy. I want this economy to run. So I really hope and I really believe that he is basically saying, I'm going back to zero right now. And I want to get some real advice and real input, real data. And then what he said, I don't know if you caught this or not, but what he said, I'm also going to have to rely on instinct. I'm going to have to rely on my gut. And what he's basically saying is that so many times in my life with business, I've had to rely on my gut and on my instinct and it's turned out right. I'm probably going to have to rely on my gut and instinct on this one as well. But he knows what they're trying to do. I don't believe that this is taking him by surprise for a second. And I think he wants to get this economy opened up. So let's see what he does. Um, I just think this would be a way different deal if you had somebody else in that White House chair. I think the tweet this morning, well, I mean, I, I pointed out last week that there's two paths to left America letting you have your country back. One is a vaccine, a, a glorious vaccine, which may never come or arrive okay ever the odds are far better that they'll never have a vaccine for SARS-2 coronavirus that they'll have one in the next 12 to 18 months if you look at the history of vaccines the other is just get a democrat in the white house yeah and then suddenly it'll be you know why are we panicking it doesn't make it this doesn't make any sense so i think the president tweeting out this morning about uh, get your we've got masks for you get your testing kits ready that to me speaks like a guy who has played a game of chicken or two high stakes game of chicken or two in his life and he's he's preemptively trying to flesh out false objections all right saying hey, because because i do think we are i think we are this is the month of revelation to me you're finding out what government really thinks about the church. You're finding out who, where, where people really stand on a lot of things this month. Next month is going to be the month of political posturing. You're going to see a bunch of Democrat governors try to knife the country uh, in order to uh, kill Trump in 2020 and, in, in, and enhance their own prospects. You're going to see big government governors and mayors in both parties are going to try to, uh, well, I don't know if we can open back up and to get more uh, copy paper from the uh, federal printing press. You're going to see that, you know, you know, as we do TARP 9, 14, 17, version 29.3. Okay, that, that, that will be, next month will be the, 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 the poly size 666 BS virus. That's the virus we're going to be fighting, I believe, next month. Well, I think, you know, and again, knowing President Trump and, and you as well, but he does have a he does struggle with being attentive on one issue for a long time. He likes to move on to different issues. 
But the one focus he consistently has is the economy. I've always believed that for as long as I've known him in private business and now is in the White House. I think he is growing very, very tired of this. And when he's growing tired of this, his default will be the economy. And I think he knows, no pun intended, that that's his trump card in moving this thing forward. So it'll be interesting to see what, what he's doing or what he's going to do. But I think you're also right, Steve. I think a lot of Americans are getting tired of this as well. And they know that this disruption, uh, we're just not going right back to normal. There's a lot of people who are going to be disrupted for a long time. And the government does not have enough money to bail them out long term. Well, there's the food supply right now. We're dumping dairy and meat because restaurants and stuff are closing and store people aren't shopping as much. But if you we're dumping it now, but what happens to your supply chain with all of that stuff later on? I mean, we we're we're at the law of unintended consequences now. Well, Steve, you're talking about food and dumping food, but what about healthcare workers? I mean, I, I listened to Asa Hutchison uh, last night, governor, governor of Arkansas, Arkansas right? Who said, you know, listen, we got 8,000 beds and like only 80 are being used right now because we stopped all non-essential. Exactly. Surgery. Yeah. What's, and so healthcare workers are being laid off. So all of a sudden the very people that we say we want to go to the front lines because you're our heroes. We want to support you. We want you to get to PPEs and all that stuff. All of a sudden healthcare people are being laid off as well. The law of unintended consequences. Good stuff, Bob. Thanks for joining us here, brother. Take care. All right. God bless, man. You too. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, there's a thread to me inside that entire conversation. The, the, the fact that something called a committee to get America back, the committees uh, to uh, get America started again, uh, that that's, that's a problem in and of itself. The committee to shut down America should have been the same exact thing as the committee to get it going again. Those aren't two separate conversations. And the problem we thought they were as if... You, we can't even consider the economy right now while we're shutting everything down, was the folly of all of this to begin with. And there's just going to have to be a level of risk-taking and leadership that is independent of an economic discussion or a virus discussion. It's just about being the president of the United States, quite frankly, mm -hmm. on any given day. You, this isn't just your call. I mean, that, that, if that, is that the tweet you're talking about earlier today about, yep. you know, I mean, that problematic to, to say, to say the least, but in terms of the amount of emotional and psychological heft that you give to the people who will be making the decisions, you are as crucial as ever. As Steve said in the, the open letter, he wrote to you, Mr. President, I, this is it. The time for posturing and words is long gone. We need action. Yeah, and the in the tweet that uh, Todd is referencing from this morning is from President Trump when he said, for the purpose, quote, of uh, creating conflict and confusion, some of the fake news media are saying that it's the governor's decision to open up the states and not that of the president of the United States and the federal government. Let it fully be understood that this is incorrect. It is the decision of the president and for many good reasons. That's whipped a lot of people up into a tizzy, obviously. So uh, because, one explaining the intricacies of interstate uh, 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 commerce laws and federalism. Uh, is, is Twitter a good forum for that? Probs not. But as far as the actual weight and heft of the bully pulpit, the president of the United States, and that's the case that we've made, is mm -hmm. the only person who has enough heft to actually get the ball rolling in every state. We're going to turn it over to you. 
and let you get the ball rolling with our weekly town hall when we come back. Are you the most afraid of the virus, what's happening with the economy, or the tyranny in your way of life? Next. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here as well. If you would like to join us, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. It is our Monday Town Hall, so the phone lines are now open for you. The question on the table for you here this hour that we are going to ask as we head now, we are, we are past the full month mark. So we are fully immersed as a country into one month of quarantine life. Having conversations, seeing infringements on rights and liberties that unless you've been a racial minority in this country's history, you just, as a typical American, otherwise, have just never experienced what is going on right now. So what is it right now that is your number one concern? Is it the health concern of COVID-19, the SARS-2 coronavirus? Is it your, the economic concern as we hit 20 million unemployment claims? And now you've got major investment firms forecasting 40% retractions in the economy for this quarter. The risking of another Great Depression. Maybe it's the overall loss of liberty. What we're seeing going on with churches, for example. What's going on in my old home state of Michigan, as another example, where now you're being told you cannot visit other people residentially in your neighborhood. You can't plant a garden in your own yard. We're leaving nails at the entryways for churches and drive-up services. Police who don't aren't wearing masks, are dragging men off of trains in Philly violently for not wearing a mask. Which of these is your main concern? The health, the economy, or the tyranny? We want to hear from you this hour. The floor is yours. 888-900-3393. You can also email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you do listen to the podcast, by the way, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, we would be very appreciative of those. The more we get, the more it helps the show to grow. And last week, we had our biggest week ever. We'd love to continue that momentum, especially because of what's at stake right now in the country and and how we are approaching this. All right. So please keep those five-star reviews coming. Thank you to all of you that have left them for us already. Patriot Mobile has a quick announcement for you. They want to help Americans stay in touch with, with their loved ones during this difficult time. So they have reduced their prices even further. Right now, you can get customized family plans for as low as 25 bucks and up to 55 bucks a month. 25 to 55 bucks a month. And Patriot Mobile will never charge you hidden fees as well. And unlike Big Mobile, they aren't sending your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood. I know if you guys saw the, the photo I shared that one of our listeners sent us over the weekend, uh, a satirical headline, Church declares itself a Planned Parenthood, so yes. it will let it That's be open. Brilliant. Yeah, we've got that up on our Facebook page if you want to catch that and, and share that right now. But uh, Patriot Mobile doesn't send uh, your money. 
to Planned Parenthood, gun grabbers, etc. Instead, they are supporting conservative causes because they're the only conservative mobile phone company in the country. And it's never been easier to switch right now. You can keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one if you want. So if you want to join... Their family of freedom-loving Americans, you can get up to free activation right now. Get free activation plus a free gift. So cheapest rates ever, no hidden fees, free activation, and a free gift. All right, four major selling points right now to make the switch to Patriot Mobile. Two ways you can do that. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or visit their website, patriotmobile.com slash steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Let's go to the phones. 888-900-3393 is the number as we begin our Monday town hall. Let's begin with Leanne calling from Texas. Welcome to the show, Leanne. How are you? Uh, I'm well. How are you? Could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse. What's on your mind? I so I think the thing that I'm most worried about is tyranny, and it's not just tyranny of the state, but tyranny of the herd mentality of our fellow citizens, shaming people who want to go to work and feed their families because they're afraid that somehow they'll get coronavirus because somebody goes to work. I think that that is even scarier than tyranny of the state when you consider we're the sovereigns of this nation. And when we have so many citizens willing to shame and and really put their own um, fear into the minds of others, mm-hmm. that's as dangerous as the state in a country like this. Because as you say, this is a country that runs on political will. And this herd mentality of fearing and shaming neighbors is rather scary when you think of it. It is. And it goes to something that Aaron reset last hour, Leanne, that we've talked about on this show before, that it will be... A lot of your neighbors that when you refuse to let your kids go to drag queen story time hour or you want to restart your life now, when 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 the statists finally have their way, because we're, we're heading our way to tyranny. I think I think there's little doubt about that without revival. We are on our way to tyranny in this country. We're getting a preview of it right now. The conditioning, the conditions are set and ripe for it to take hold without revival. We're going to see it. And it'll be, it'll be that, uh, that really nice neighbor with her Subaru and coexist bumper sticker on your cul-de-sac, right? Um, It'll be her that, that leads the brown shirts who are just following orders right to your doorstep for not taking your kids or grandkids to drag queen story time hour or for daring to plant a garden with a, with a pandemic going on. They will be the ones that lead them right to your door. And they'll, they'll be very upset and saddened that it came to this. They, they tried to reach you nicely and, and baked you, you know, rainbow flag uh, cookies and tried to make you, you know, to help you to understand how, how this tolerance would just make for an even better America. But Tisk tisk stubbornly you would not sign on and they they really are upset that it came to this but it's for your own good don't you know exactly and what is disconcerting is because we have a nation now of um people who have been taught to think the same rather than to think critically Mm -hmm. it just compiles it just compiles to that herd mentality i mean apparently herd immunity won't work but herd mentality will Mm. to scare you and to terrorize you into living your life that you that this nation um 
again, we're supposed to be um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but you can't drive out to visit your family or even pursue your happiness in your backyard gardening mm-hmm. um, for fear that, I don't know, over a fence that's... Uh, a hundred feet away from me, you're going to catch coronavirus because I gardened in my backyard and provided food for my family. And, you know, I live in San Antonio and it breaks my heart. 10,000 cars of people who can't afford to feed their families because they're out of work because this is a resort area, restaurants, hotels, mm-hmm. and and they can't feed their family. So we have 10,000 people, uh, cars, families that are trying to feed themselves. And yet you'll shame your neighbor. You'll shame your neighbor for wanting to go back to work and feed their families. Very well said, sister. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take, give you credit. I'm stealing that line right now. Herd immunity doesn't work, but apparently the herd mentality does that. That will preach right there. That is very well said. Land, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate it. God bless you. All right. Take care. Thoughts on uh, that phone call from Leanne? Well, I agree wholeheartedly with her. And, you know, sitting at home yesterday on Easter Sunday and and thinking about what was robbed because from us because of this tyranny, not just of uh, government against us and the state, but a, the self-imposed tyranny that we've put on ourselves that our church has put it on itself, the, the, the visuals, if we had shut down those, the elderly, the sick, but taking care of them, not only on Easter Sunday, what we would have seen for the last month of people living out a Christian mission in tough times, we've been robbed of all of that because of this comprehensive tyranny we've all been seduced by. I mean, it is it is a tragedy. I pray to God it is the saddest Easter of my entire life because we are not meant as Christians and I'm just being lectured again today by blue check Christians about the snake oil. They, they believe it is snake oil to go forth boldly into the world, to be not afraid. We, we are having in our entire faith, our entire way of life be redefined in the name of the tyranny of fear at every level. Yeah, that's well said. And I love that quip from Leanne that um, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the herd immunity uh, won't work, but apparently the herd mentality will. I mean, that's, you can sometimes turn a phrase and sometimes a phrase turns you. Well, that's an example of, of the latter because that is exactly what we have been trying to articulate over the last, uh, over the last month, really. Because we are this, and this is the perfect. This is the perfect devilish. This is the perfect demonic uh, crisis with which to with with which to turn a herd, with, with which to use a bunch of useful idiots. When it was nine eleven, we knew it was the terrorists. With this, it's this unseen, unknown enemy that you you, that, that you can't see it you can't feel it you can't taste it but it's it's out there and it's going to get you and so we project all of our worst fear fears as a herd upon that and then we kind of do reverse uh you know we reverse engineer any any data that we have mm-hmm. in order to fit our biases and to affirm our preconceived notions about them and it's it's the perfect the perfect petri dish for which the devil to work through the herd you know you go back to the Spanish flu in 1918 coming out of World War One, 
And there are some estimates that um, there's there's several historical accounts of that era that have that accuse President Wilson of lying and covering up what the actual death toll was because he's trying to rally the country coming out of World War One. There are some estimates, credible estimates, that as many as over as many as more than six hundred thousand Americans ended up dying in the uh, in the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. And yet, 1918, they had we're, we're talking about we may not be able to play the entire Major League Baseball season. They played the World Series in 1918. It's actually one of them. It was. It's considered one of the benchmark, most famous World Series in the golden age of Major League Baseball. Why? Because the, it was the, the Red Sox won that World Series in 1918. And they had a promising young pitcher by the name of Babe Ruth, who then the following offseason they traded to the New York Yankees. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that was, and they beat the Chicago Cubs that year to win the World Series. The Red Sox did. People got up and sold out every one of these. It was a seven game. It was considered one of the greatest World Series of all time at that time. They sold out every game. In the Northeast, in the Midwest, during, well, well, we may have a second wave. What do we do? No, we can't do anything ever. Can't ever do anything ever. People got up after after burying how many how many dead young boys because of World War One. They got up, sold out all those games in Boston and Chicago. And there were people, there were baseball players dying that season, by the way, of Spanish flu. Players were dying. Team officials dying, media people died. I mean, you have over six hundred thousand deaths. This this is not uh, you know one particular demographic or one hot zone like a New York City. You knew somebody who died probably. And they still went to all seven of those games. Now I'm not saying that we should instantly just resume those kinds of mass gatherings, but have you considered that in 198 they didn't have hand sanitizer in 1918, guys? A lot of homes still didn't have running water and electricity in 1918. People got up and went in the chill of the fall, that generation did, to go watch the World Series. We cannot go get a haircut. My kid has a cavity, can't get to a dentist. You can't go watch your daughter run outside in a track meet. Does any of this seem right to you? those of you, I would love to know the person who nods their heads, well, yes, this makes perfect sense. And I hope it's just that you hate Donald Trump. Because while I find that reprehensible reasoning, at least I get the partisan tribalism. It works both ways to some extent. But if it's not, if your reason for why, let's just do this forever isn't just orange man bad and I want to stick him with a Great Depression because I hate him and I want to beat him in the election. At least my mind can understand that form of idolatry, that, that form of, of just blind rage partisanship. I at least can understand that. What I can't get, though, is the, is the, is the paralyzing fear. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. I don't want to wrap my and mind around And I don't want to be that. able to. And let me tell you why. For me, just speaking for me, I grew up daily in fear as a child. I, I didn't know if if 
I'd come home with a B in math. Would, was Dave going to beat me for that or try to help me with it? I didn't know if, um, the, if I came home from school and I heard screams at the house, it's because he was wailing on my mom or he announced we were taking a, another Disney vacation. I didn't know. I lived in fear all of the time. And it paralyzed me. I didn't take initiative with, with, on, with sports teams, girls. Back when I could actually sing a little bit when I was a kid, I was too nervous to do, you know, what if I fail? So I won't try out for that solo, even though the choir teacher told me I sang really good, but, it, but she may not know what she's... I lived in constant fear of failure. And as I grew up, and had to live with my own decisions. I got over it a little bit. But where I really got over it was with my conversion. And I just, I refuse to live in failure. I will now go and do things I don't think I'm good at. Just so that I do not allow that spirit of fear to inhabit me one nanosecond longer. I used to go to a, another version of CrossFit. I finished like... Dude, if I didn't finish every circuit workout last, if I didn't finish last that day, it was a, dude, I gave myself helmet stickers, all right? I was dancing the jig all the way home. I was so outmatched in this class most of the time. And that was just by, with, when I, that was just with the women, let alone the other guys. And you know why I kept doing it though? Why I went day after day after day for several years? Precisely because I wasn't good at it. That's why I did it. I refused to punk out on fear. I refused, refused to do it. I spent too much of my life in another life living out of fear. I don't understand the desire when you're, when to, to I no longer want to have it resonate with me to be just in bondage to it. I don't. And like Aaron just said, I don't want to understand it. I don't. But for so many in the church, over and over again, when comparisons are made to other uh, issues, you know, from car crashes to different things about how you react to psychologically, and from Christians, they keep having, and I quote, a reaction that says, but it's a virus. Mm -hmm. They have carved out this giant asterisk within their faith that allows them to simply behave like dumb sheep. When, in fact, throughout human history, who has been the first ones to run into the leper colonies, to run into the virus-laden scourge? It's been the Christians. Right. Because we don't have any such out for our fear to take over us. And you people keep lying to yourself that you get that now. You never did, and you certainly don't now. Let's go to our good friend, Constantinus Roditis, calling us from the formerly great state of California. Mr. Constantinus, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful. How are you, gentlemen? Could be a little better, but could be a lot worse. What do you want to add? What are you the most afraid of right now? The virus, the economy, or the tyranny? Uh, it's 100%. It's the tyranny. Um, I'm in actually in a unique situation where, you know, as I uh, reach out to people who support me, who follow me, um, and I, when I talk about, for instance, the economy, when I talk about the pension crisis that has, you know, is going to be coming here to California all the unfunded liabilities and everything else, even how the coronavirus is going to accelerate that, I get no pushback from that whatsoever. Uh, people will go ahead and uh, accept uh, that 
uh, analysis that I go ahead and give as a former uh, candidate for California State Controller. But when I bring up tyranny, that's where I get the pushback. When I say what California elected officials are doing is not constitutional based on the state of California, we have quarantine laws. And they specifically spell out if somebody is infected or you have reasonable uh, evidence that they have been exposed to it, you can. But this blanketed uh, quarantine that they're trying to do, what they're forcing the business, trying to do businesses, does not square with the Constitution. And when I push that out, most of the people, voters or, um, you know, just people who follow me, they'll go ahead and agree with me. It's But the most of the pushback that I've gotten, it's actually people who are wearing my jersey um people who are involved in you know the republican politics in in california or elected officials or on the ballot they're the ones who are saying no we must do this safety safety and i and i go to them look i the government can go ahead and make recommendations i i applaud that and that's what they should do but when they're violating the constitution i have to stand up for that and say no because right now you're you know, the problem that we have with too many Republicans is they really don't want to. They're not conservatives, right? They don't want to uh, break government down, bring it to the local level and allow people to, you know, for us to go back to a people with a government. They really believe that they're government with the people. They just want to take the power away from Democrats and control overbearing government themselves. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm like, if you are perfectly fine with the government and elected officials violating your constitutional rights uh, because of the coronavirus. I do not want to hear any outrage from you when a local uh, politician or a judge does an unconstitutional ruling and uh, you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, they can't do that. I don't want to hear it. You've already set the precedent in themselves that, you know, the Constitution is a suggestion that we don't have to, to live by that. And that is that is the biggest thing that I'm seeing. And it is a taking of sides. I mean, I'm kind of working on a piece right now why Republicans shouldn't support cops. And, you know, when we looked at the uh, Black Lives Matter thing, then we arose the Blue Lives Matter, um, you know, the movement. And, you know, because the left hates something, we must let, we're always reactionary. I mean, we didn't learn from Ronald Reagan where he says, I'll take half a loaf and I'll come back for more. That's what the progressives do. You know, they, they win 50% of the battle, they'll come back for more, but we'll consider a victory after we ceded so much from them. Look, I stand on principle. When somebody gets murdered, like the two police officers that started the Blue Lives Matter, yes, I can stand on principle and saying, I'm against murder. But when police officers took an oath to go ahead and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and their state, and are just working on orders, that's what I hear so many people posting, well, they're just doing their jobs. Well, you know, as we said, we don't want to use like the the Nazi Germany uh, analogy, but, you know, we prosecuted, you know, SS soldiers for following orders. Even when we send our own troops into combat, they might not agree with the mission. But what their job is to do is if they do something that is illegal, we will prosecute them for for that one. You know, or if it's an unlawful order, it's their duty not to do it. And, you know, when when we see police officers, you know, as we saw in Philadelphia and in Kentucky, places throughout the country, when they're doing this type of tyranny, we have to say, stop. I, I support law enforcement of when they're protecting and defending the Constitution. But this whole blanketed thing of wearing jerseys and, tyr- you know, this whole tyranny thing mm-hmm. is going on. 
that's what I'm concerned about. Okay. Now, the least the one good thing that I see is, you know, it's kind of the great divide. We're, we're starting to see people who are, have been wearing our jerseys who don't believe what we believe. Yep. Because yep. if it's just you're economic see- issues. Yes. You're seeing that. You're seeing that revealed. Just the economic issues. Yes, it's being revealed. And if it's just the economic issues and it's about safety, then I tell people, I'm like, well, you know what? This is America. If it's all about economics, then we can go. We can be like China, where we don't have those rights. If it's all about that, and if it's about saving lives, then I don't want to hear about why we went and fought Nazi Germany in Imperial Japan. It would have saved lives if America just says we surrender. Come over here. Our values and what we believe in is worth protecting, and we can be safe and make guidelines and recommendations and put things in place to protect ourselves health-wise, and things that will not destroy our economy. But if we forget and give up what makes us Americans uh, in the process of staying safe, then we don't deserve America. Excellent phone call, brother. Good to hear from you. Take care. Do you have anything you guys want to add to that? Well, for a long time, we've discussed what does, what's the utility of this term, conservatism? What is it a low is it a lodestar anymore uh, does it have a base you know and it's we're not just starting to see anything we're that the reason we're in the position we are now is because there was very little utility uh to that word perhaps other than to get clicks uh but it just does not carry the force in people's hearts in minds look Constantinus is right look how readily they have uh, abandoned it and of course i've banged this drum a long time about police they're the form of government with the sticks and the guns they don't get a pass on uh being monitored uh we do not need to be a part of their cult or any cult in terms of knee-jerk reactions to defend them or bury them and but right now we are seeing visually it might not be the most of them but the optics are such that if we let this thing go it will become the majority of them sooner or later see i'm 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 all about principle which is why i tend to i tend to err most of the time on the side of the police because the vast majority of them do a phenomenal job. Correct. But when they don't, because when, when you're clearly in violation of the principle, I'm, I, I'm not rooting for your uniform or your badge. I'm rooting for the principle that you, uh, as a police officer, are supposed to be you know, serving and protecting. When you do that, you know, I, I mean, who's the ratio that tends to, what, what tends to happen more often? Cops are bad or criminals are guilty. What tends to happen more often? Criminals, criminals are guilty, guilty more okay? often more often than not the criminals are guilty okay but that doesn't mean does that also then mean that the cops are never bad i know from personal experience and you know from personal experience that's not true yeah so to me it's about the principle and since by and large cops tend to defend the principles i believe in more than criminals do i tend to err on the side of the cops but when they don't then they're just another form of criminal as far as i'm concerned aaron yeah no that's that's uh, very well said and as as far as the the jersey wearing goes you know amongst us uh, plebeians of course everybody's everybody's putting on their jersey you cannot not take a side on this uh i think i got my double negative right there because it affects every and it touches every single area of everybody's life right now there's no getting around that so the jersey wearing of course is is going to take place in full effect but the people that we need actually right now the people that we need are politicians and i mean politicians in the literal sense of the word the people that we elected 
They are the ones who are supposed to be our voice. But right now, at least up until this point, the Fauci and Burkses of the world, the people who we didn't elect, have been the voice of the country leading this. And instead, what I have seen from most politicians, at least at the federal level, is uh, is Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic in the Harry Potter m- movies. And yes, I'm going to get five emails today from people bringing up the demonic Harry Potter uh, films on the show again. But the, the, the Minister of Magic, when Voldemort comes back, he's just in disbelief, just shaking basically in fear. Uh, that is that is what most of our politicians are, except that the virus is not Voldemort. The virus is creeping tyranny mm-hmm. and and overt tyranny now that we're going on deeper and deeper into this a month in. And most of our elected leaders, God bless uh, representatives uh, Big, uh, Biggs and uh, Buck, I believe, they, uh, they wrote a piece in, I believe, The Examiner over the weekend questioning Fauci and Burks's, uh, you know, basically their, their direction for the country. God bless them. We need more people like that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I believe the House Speaker in Michigan and the Senate Majority Leader in Minnesota and the, at the local level, they were speaking up as well late last week. We need more of that. More cowbell as far as that goes. But for most of the time, it's mostly just uh, your checks will be here soon. That type of thing. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We'll get to more of your phone calls here coming out of the break. We continue our Monday town hall. What is it you're the most concerned about right now? Is it the virus? Is it the economy? Or is it the tyranny? Find out what you think as we return here in a moment on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stay tuned. and Josh were both losing their hair. No shock since the dreaded male pattern baldness gene ran in each of their families. But the way they dealt with the hair loss couldn't have been more different. Kyle kept putting off going to get that hair loss treatment, losing more hair by the day. While Josh went to Keeps to learn how to keep his hair. Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products. So they're the real deal. But the generic versions saved Josh a fortune. And all it took to get him was a quick online consultation. He answered a few questions, snapped a few pics of his hair, and then a doctor evaluated everything and recommended the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for Josh, and it was shipped discreetly to his door. So, be like Josh. Take advantage of Keeps, which lets you keep your hair without ever having to leave your couch, because that's about the only place you're allowed to go for most Americans right now. And to get you started, how about half off your first order? That's right, half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Let's go back to the phones. 888-900-3393. The number is, that's the number here at The Blaze. The question is, for our weekly town hall, what are you the most concerned about right now? Is it the virus? Is it the economy? Or is it the tyranny? 888-900-3393. Let's go to Ben in Colorado. Ben, welcome to The Blaze. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Steve. Uh, Happy Easter to you and the boys. How are you doing? We're good. And same to you. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks very much. So what I'm the most scared of is a combination of uh, the economy and the tyranny. I think the economy is something that we can try to bounce back from because it was the herd mentality, as the previous caller said, that got us here. 
but I think it's the herd mentality, or at least making the convincing argument to get back out as a culture that's ultimately going to turn. In other words, you around. think the same um, emotional. You, are you saying you think the same uh, emotional sway that instantly grabbed hold of the public? That kind of emotion can be calibrated in another direction just as fast. Is that what you're saying? Um, maybe not just as fast because people have had enough time to be able to get used to. Mm -hmm. This virus is something you should be afraid of being hit with that day in and day out for a long time. So not as quickly, but I think it can be harnessed to be able to push people back in the right in the correct direction. Um, but it's going to take a will of people getting out there and saying as a culture, we're not going to be afraid of this. We are not going to be told what to do when it comes to um, sitting at home and not allowed to go back out there. We're doing this. See, we're safe. You're safe. Please stop panicking. But it has to be an emotional, visceral response that you generate from people, not a logical one, because it wasn't logic that got them into this. It's going to have to be something that's emotional combined with evidence to be able to get them out of it. Hmm. So as far as the economy goes, that's something that I'm, I'm not really too concerned with. The thing that really bu bugs me the most is going to be the tyranny side of this. And um, I have, I know somebody, I won't call him a friend, but I know somebody that's a, that's in law enforcement. Um, and we talk about this occasionally. Uh, and when uh, Fauci brought up that, you know, Hey, these, um, these cards or like the, you know, the immunity card or whatever he's calling it um, may be, you know, something that would be useful. Um, my response to that was immediately was, well, if I'm legally required by law to have one of these cards so that way I can go out, I'm not going to get one to hell with that. I'm not, I, I refuse to do that. I, I will um, knowingly and willfully violate that law. And this individual referred to me as Eamon Bundy. And the connotations of that coming from somebody in law enforcement was a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Absolutely. So, you know, I, yep. I asked him, you know, what what would you what would you do if this individual was if, if somebody hypothetically, not me, if this was a situation that you had to be confronted with? And it, this is after, you know, paragraph after paragraph of exchange, um, breaking things down and talking about it. He summed it up with, I don't know. So it's it's disconcerting. To say the least, no doubt. for me to, to, to no hear doubt. something like that, yep. you know, and yep. uh, I, I, it's, it still shakes me a little bit, man. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Thank you for the phone call, Ben. The lesson that you just taught our audience is that. You know, I've got all, and, and keep them, keep them coming. I can't respond to all of them anymore. I'm getting more emails than I've ever gotten in my career. And a lot of them say a lot of the same things, but on the off chance there's something there that I miss, err on the side of sending me the note. Okay. But, one of the things I mean, you guys are sending me, you know, uh, Debbie Burks's ties to the Gate, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. She is, has been on their board in the past, might even still be. Uh, Anthony Fauci and you know his ties to companies that produce vaccines and all that, and all that. This other dot connecting. Let me say this plainly: even if all of the dot connecting was true and worse than you think it is. Like if Anthony Fauci said, you've got to have, a, we're, you know, we're not going to print the paper to save the trees. We're not going to print cards. We're just going to give you a chip. You put it in the right hand or in the palm of your head that says that uh, you're, you're safe from the virus. You're immune and you can't buy or sell with it. We're basically just going to openly peddle the mark of the beast. Okay. 
even if Anthony Fauci de- de- declared that, could he administer that himself? No. No. See, it, I go back to the movie The Patriot. Why do you want me to trade a tyrant 2,000 miles away for 2,000 tyrants just a few miles away? Even if these people in Washington and the people making these calls, even if all of even if all of your dot connecting and the most nefarious pun intended uh, dot connecting you could imagine, even if it's all true, they cannot carry these things out on their own. There must be somebody at the low level that's willing to be just following orders. I've talked about this in the past with Barack Obama. Remember, he shut down all those monuments when we had the the the, the government shut down uh, during his, the budget fight. The one time the Republicans were going to fight him, and they shut down like even monuments like the Vietnam War Memorial that are open twenty four hours a day and unstaffed. You can just go up there, see it anytime you want if you're in D.C. They even put like orange cones around them, and they brought people off of furlough to shut things down in D.C. that aren't shut down, just to just to be total canoes about it. Who took that job? Who got up and said, yeah, you know what? I want to be the guy that shuts down the Vietnam War Memorial. And I, I'm gonna, I want to be the one that uh, tells you when you're, when you're wheelchair and your grandpa in who, who's, who uh, served in the Tet Offensive in 68 that uh, you know, he can't go there and, uh, and put his shaking PTSD, Parkinson, you know, riddled fingers on the, on the monument to remember the buddies that died next to him. Who, who got up that morning and said, I want that job. I'll take it. See, that's what it takes to pull tyranny off. That's what it takes to pull off tyranny. It doesn't take a megalomaniac madman. It takes a bureaucracy willing to do his bidding. You could have all the Supreme Court justices we've ever had say, kill all the babies. But if you didn't have governors, state legislators, state law enforcement, local law enforcement officers that were willing to allow these kinds of abortuaries to open and then defend them as if they have a right to exist, it wouldn't be happening. See, that's that's the difficult part of the equation. The tyranny will not come from on high. It'll come from your neighbors. The governor of Kentucky can hate, can be a, he can be every bit the God hater he wants. It's going to take somebody in a uniform to carry out his God hating edicts. Somebody had to do that. Who was willing to do that? That's where the real fight is. Let's go back to the phones. 888-900-3393. Is it Michael in Texas next? Michelle. Michelle in Texas. I I apologize. Michelle, welcome to the Steve Day Show. Go ahead. Hey, That's fine. Hey, I'm so glad you took my call. And you just hit exactly on what I was calling about. Um, The vaccination and the, uh, the digital mark that shows that you've had the vaccination and you just went i mean you just hit it but are you saying that you don't think that we are where we will have those people that are willing to carry those orders out no i think that i think we are at a place there i think we are at a place where there's enough americans that have been worked over 
that they will carry it out. And I think that is, I think we've, we've been shown that. I mean, this is Greenville, Mississippi, folks. All right? This isn't Haight-Ashbury, Oakland, California, New Haven, Connecticut, Martha's Vineyard, Greenville, Mississippi. They found some good old boys in Greenville, Mississippi who had nothing better to do on a, on a, on a, weekend, on a weekend than to hand out $500 traffic citations to people going through a drive through church. If that can go down in Greenville, Mississippi, then it can happen anywhere in America, Michelle. And that's that's what my fear is. That is what my fear is, is that that is where we're going. You know, everything else I think can be undone. But I think when you have people who are standing up and actively saying, I want to put a chip in you to show that you're safe. When, I mean, I live in a small town in East Texas. I mean, everybody knows everybody in this town. Mm -hmm. And they only allow one person per household into Walmart. And they can stand outside and they can look at you and know which household you belong to. I mean, and you've got people coming right out front and saying, this is what we want to do. That's the part that scares me. Mm -hmm. That's the part that scares me. But I appreciate you taking my call because when it comes to matters of theology and matters of where we're going, I mean, Theology Thursday is... I look forward to it, and I respect your opinion so much. Well, thank you, Michelle. But I wanted to know kind of what you thought. Well, we are, we're, Michelle, we're fighting on this show for people like you and communities like yours. As, our, as my buddy Daniel Horowitz likes to describe you, the forgotten American. The one that everybody, that does most of the living and dying in this country, that everybody, and bill paying in this country, that, that seemingly everyone else, including Ill- illegal aliens, are permitted to have an opinion b- around here before you. And, and that's who we're fighting for here on this show and on The Blaze. Thank you for tuning in, Michelle. Appreciate it. Let me say this too about the forced vaccination thing, okay? Just to reiterate. I think I'm pro-vaccination. I believe vaccines have been overall a boost for the human condition. Seven years ago, when I took my mission trip to Haiti, um, I couldn't get my passport approved without having all of my vaccinations and booster shots updated at the age of 40. Okay? But I'm never taking a vaccine that you tell me I have to take. In order to be, uh, a, a, I can't, no, if, if I'm not sick, if I have no symptoms, if I have nothing to be concerned about, and I'm not seeing a 10 or 15% apocalyptic death rate, meaning 10, 15% of the whole population dying. We don't even see that amongst the people who have the virus. I'm never taking that. I'll go to jail for that. If, if your argument is that, you know, that's the, you might as well just name, nickname that vaccine Obamacare, as far as I'm concerned. Vaccine's so good, we have to make it take it. I mean, if it's that good, I should, you know, I should be willing just to volunteer and go in. I should be like lined up to go to, to, to inoculate myself from this. But the minute you tell me if you, if I can't, if I don't take this, I am a second class citizen. That's where you're going to lose your argument with somebody like me. Because that's, according to who? The people that told me we were going to see 240,000 Americans die? 
People have told me we're going to see 2 million Americans die. People have told me we might have to do this indefinitely forever. The, the, the same scientist who told me there's 57 genders. The same scientist who told me, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we, we maybe should go ahead and, you know, chemically castrate your, your seven-year-old if they, you know, tried on a dress once. Well, I mean, you know, maybe we should give your 12-year-old daughter puberty blockers so her breasts don't come in. I mean, because she had a tomboy phase. That's a hell no from me. Hell no. Nope. Nope. That's a no. Nope. And it ain't because I don't trust vaccines. It's because I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Okay? To me, vaccines are like guns. It's about who's wielding it. And with what intention. They can't make themselves can't inject themselves and neither can a gun fire itself and load itself or make itself. What did you make it for? And who did the making? And do I get to vet them? Do I get to vet their record? I'm going to need more than your word for it. And if you're not willing to let me ask those questions, then I have all the answers that I could have possibly ever asked for. You, you answered all my questions by not letting me ask them. I have to tell you, I am, I am, we're going to get more into this tomorrow. Okay. With, with a segment we have planned, but I, I just, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm going to confess to you. I am reevaluating a lot of things. A lot of things that I took for granted that I thought I could use and and filter accordingly in trying to form uh, the most informed opinions I could give you. The most truth-based analysis that I was capable of. And I'm I'm reevaluating in light of what we're going through now. What we've gone through these last few years. I am considering believing, entertaining, listening, considering things I would have never let appear on my radar, maybe even like a year ago. And I do so reluctantly, but I've been left with no choice. I can only let you lie to me so many times before I finally just have to accept you're a liar. We're going to stick around here and do the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.